Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica. And movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass-produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public, the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions. This podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news. This podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy. This podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay. This podcast is... The Galaxy Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in my studio. That's right, I have three people. I am so excited. Gary is back with us. I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. Hello. That's actually Steely Dan. Steely Dan, yeah, yeah. Austin the Steely Dan Inquisitor. I have with me Gary the Stud. That's me. I am Bob Christman, your host. So we have three things. That's right, Gary, your favorite number came up yet again. And we're going to talk with you at the beginning. Three. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian and the fact that it could conclude a Star Wars Rebels dark storyline that was started in both shows. We're then going to talk to you about Disney's reported plans to erase the Star Wars sequels. Yay. And then we're going to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> so, actually, before we begin, one thing I wanted to bring up. We are on episode number 249, folks. Almost... 250 is uh, kind of unreal and un, un, you know just I, I can't believe the next episode is the one that brings us into episode 250 so i'm gonna build this up and my son's gonna kill me later but he'll deal with it episode 250 will not be hosted by me instead it will be hosted by austin who is going to ask me and if gary's here questions about the galaxy cast and what we know of the existence of the galaxy cast and how it came to be and all that stuff so you'll get a chance to get a throwback about the galaxy cast on episode 250 by a member of the galaxy cast team but not so i was gonna say i did yes. not do this as long i know you did not i was gonna say i started in high school you were doing this for a while with ian gary and a few others. Yes, I have over some time. So wow. that's something we're going to do in episode 250, and I wanted to bring that up. All right, now let's get to it. Okay, so the first article that I wanted to talk about here, this is from ScreenRant.com. And the title says, The Mandalorian could conclude Clone Wars and Rebels' darkest storyline. The subtitle says, The Mandalorian could conclude Project Harvester, the story of Palpatine kidnapping four sensitive kids seen in the Clone Wars uh, and Star Wars Rebels. So we we all know, I have a pretty good idea that we all know 
what episodes they're talking about. If you remember in the Clone Wars, it was when Cad Bane was trying to steal Jedi babies. Well, he first stole the holocron, and then yeah, he's well, no, the holocron stealing came later. Believe it or not, he actually stole the babies first. He stole the holocron, then he stole the crystal. He linked the crystal to the holocron. Then he knows the list of the kids, and then he goes and okay, that's right. Thank you. There was a I forgot there was a trilogy arc to that. Thank you. Well, if you just read it, you know it. Oh yeah, look at that. It says it right there. <laughs> See, I should read my articles more often, or lead deeper into my articles more often. But there were, yes, there was there was a series where basically Cad Bane goes out and he starts stealing Jedi children to bring them back to Palpatine. The idea with Palpatine was going to put together a clone army, from my understanding of of Force using kids. I guess is the best way to put it. Mind control. Yeah, mind control. The same mind control chips that he was. That he used on the cl- the clones supposedly were going to get used on these force sensitive children, and then supposedly that continued on into Rebels as well in a storyline in Rebels. So, do you guys? I mean, is it possible that Grogu was part of this like program? What do you guys think about that? Is that is that a thing? It would make a little sense, given the the age of when it was started, given the timeline in which Palpatine was looking for these kids and how young he is. Okay. It would be fitting. Gary, what do you think? Did Grogu is part of this? I, I, I think he's the uh, guinea pig in the whole thing. Yeah, I'm wondering if, if the Mandalorian showing, like, the beginning of it, right? Like, well, I, I guess because when the Clone Wars happened, it would, this would, Grogu would have to be the tail end of it. He was 50 years old during the Clone Wars. Uh, he's 50 years old now. He was trained at the Jedi Temple for a time. Well, he got saved when Anakin in the final first went right. after the, the Temple, so... So I'm thinking he had to. He has to be at the the tail end of it, right? So he must be the last hope they had of trying to do this program. Which, if that's, I'm actually cool with that. If that's the storyline that Grogu was like the last one they were trying to get to can keep conducting his experiments and it didn't work. I, I'm, I'm if that if that's what it is, I'm okay with. But it. I, I think it's more of the fact that Palpatine's dead supposedly. Okay. And uh, Moth Gideon is trying to finish out the the experiments. Okay. So get get all his experiments done before they're found out kind of thing? No, it's it's like he's continuing the... Um, oh, continue the work of the Empire. Right, right. Okay, yeah, loyal to the Empire, forever the Empire. You know, it's an interesting idea. I, I think... I didn't even think about this storyline, being in the Clone Wars or Rebels for that matter, and how that might tie into the Mandalorian. And i got to be honest, this actually kind of makes sense if they're going to tie this all together. And I could totally see where kidnapping Grogu became part of this whole program that that Palpatine had and the Harvester program. It would totally make sense. And yeah, for the first time, I'm actually kind of like, yeah, I could see this and I'm cool with it. Next one. This is the one I kind of figured we'd be talking about a little bit. So Disney reportedly plans to erase the Star Wars sequels from existence to make way for a reboot. So... From my understanding, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker are going to be deleted from continuity. So numerous suggests that it all could could all come true as Disney's reportedly erasing the entire sequel trilogy from existence to make way for a reboot, according to a report from Express. The House of Mouse is currently toying with the idea of remaking the divisive trilogy and turn them into a series of shows exclusive to D- D- Disney+. Plus. <laughs> YouTuber, and I can't even say his name, Doom Male Genitalia, claims that if plans push through, the new sequel trilogy will feature a reunion between Luke Skywalker, 
Han Solo, and Leia Organa. And they go on, and I'm not going to reveal the rest, but I have some issues with this. I want to see if you guys have the same issues. If if you guys, let's okay, let let's posture this one. Let's assume Disney's going to get rid of the sequel trilogy. Do you think they would do that? Let's start with that one. Do you think they're going to get rid of the sequel trilogy? With the fans being in such upheaval about it, and all of the sh- the storm of problems they have had from it, I could not see why they wouldn't. Because at this point, it's nothing but bad press. Okay. Gary, do you think they would get rid of the, the sequel trilogy? I think so, because they made enough money off of it already. So you think they're willing to just throw it away even though they've... Because they've made their money off of it, they're willing to throw it away? Yeah. See, and, and, and then the, the problem I will have with it, then they're going to be doing fan service. Right. Okay. So here, here's where it gets weird. And I, I didn't posture this as a point because I just wanted to see what you guys thought first. Now I'm going to posture a point. See, I don't think they'll get rid of it. And I'll tell you why I don't think they'll get rid of it. It plays to their base. And I'm talking about, and now I'm going to get slightly political, and I'm sorry. But you had Michelle Tran. You had John Boyega, right? There's all these things people wanted to see in a Star Wars film, and they got it this time. In the sequels. That's exactly what they wanted. And they got what, at least what they think they wanted. Now, the fan base, I think, is mixed. Some fans love that trilogy. Some fans hate that trilogy and i don't think disney cares either way but i don't think that necessarily is enough to motivate them to like restart it i think this is a fan's dream i'm just being honest i really think it's kind of a fan's dream because they're hoping that that trilogy would just go away (laughs) i don't think it's going to personally but i I think that's their hope with that in mind does that change your opinion at all no i still want to see it burn okay because it's it it's I would claim it's just as bad or worse as Phantom Menace for many people who watch the original trilogy. Okay. Gary, what do you think? Same thing? Well, I, I agree with what Austin's saying, but the problem with Phantom Menace is, is it actually got good. Right. The, these three movies didn't. Right. <laughs> the Phantom Menace as a whole was the one thing that drove original Star Wars fans like Gary and even a little bit dad. No, I loved Phantom Menace, so don't put me in I'm that I'm not boat. saying 100% to you, but I'm saying people who are very old school and then we introduced Minichlorians and Jar Jar. See, I was okay with all that, but yeah, I get it what you're saying. But I know Gary wasn't. <laughs> but I, I'm okay with it now. Okay, I cannot watch Force Awakens past Jakku. It, it's, it's boringer than hell after that. Yeah, I can give you that. I, I kind of understand what you're saying. You know, and, I've uh, fallen asleep through parts of that movie. Yes, parts. 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 <laughs> as soon as they meet up with Han Solo and Chewbacca... Yeah, it starts to get boring. I'm out. Yeah, I get I get to. I get it. <laughs> and, I get it. Um, the, what, the Last Jedi, whatever it was, the second yeah. one? Forget that one. <laughs> and then uh, Rise of Skywalker is the only one I actually liked out of the three of them. Yeah. And I didn't mind. And it moved too fast for me anyway. Yes, Rise, yes, Skywalker Rise of way Skywalker too fast. was too fast. Yeah. All and, I, and there was too much in it. Right. Like they were trying to do too much in a very short amount of time. All I want to do is just get the Infinity Gauntlet, put it on my hand, snap them out of existence. Okay, so let me ask you guys this. If they decide to make this into a Disney Plus show, is that a good idea? No. Hey, I don't either. I don't think you make your money on that. I don't think this is a good idea. And I got one other question for Disney that I really want somebody to answer for me. How are you going to get Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia back together? 
when first off you have Leia's when, dead. When, right. When Carrie Fisher's gone. Sorry. It's the truth. Harrison's done being Harrison's solo. pretty much put the middle finger up to the entire Star Wars saga. And you might be able to convince Mark Hamill to come back. But i got to be honest, the guy's getting older in his age, and I don't know if that's a good idea either. I, I, I just don't see how. I, I don't... I mean, ever since... Last... And the only way you could do that is recast them. And if you recast Luke Han and Leia, oh my gosh. You, will have you think a... the old fans hated the sequel trilogy, you they will, will lose their crap over a Disney Plus show that recasted Luke Han and Leia. They will lose themselves. You will have a herd of angry fans. Don't you think I'm right, Gary? Because I know you're in touch with that community more than I am. Wouldn't they lose their crap over a Disney Plus show that those three were recast on? Yes. Um... <laughs> The only thing I could see them doing is uh, a flashback scene or um, if they actually did do something like behind the scenes together or something, they could do right. that together. But, right, but a whole show? No. No, no I think this is, that um, would be a bad idea. Or, or, or even if they just took the uh, clips of them from the, 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 these three movies and put them in there. And that won't make any sense either. So... so Doom male genitalia said, quote, my sources claim that footage exists of Han, Luke, and Leia together. This footage was shot on green screen and is a 10-minute scene. But the idea that Abrams would have written and recorded this scene is intriguing. Was it something that was ultimately cut from The Force Awakens? Or was it some kind of flashback that was filmed for The Last Jedi or The Rise of Skywalker? If this is true, it is a massive bombshell, unquote. I don't know how it's a massive bombshell. And it's 10 minutes of footage. So I don't know if that how you know, I don't know how you undo an entire sequel trilogy based on ten minutes of footage in front of a green screen screen to say there you go we're doing the, redoing the whole thing. Green I mean, screen. Green. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I needed that green screen. Hello. Elmer Apparently, I, I went back to my fifth grade years. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> so I uh, I just don't see this. Uh, first off, I don't see this being realistic. I also don't see this as being true. And I gotta be honest with you, if it's a Disney Plus show, it is the dumbest idea for a Disney Plus show ever put together, and I really think it's stupid. I don't think a Disney Plus show would do its service. No. If they were to do it and make full films and maybe have to up the price on what you want to do to get the... I, I get that The Mandalorian kind of like upped your game as far as like the TV show era thing, but I don't think it's enough of a game no. for Luke Han and no. Leia. Sorry, I just don't. Well, in my opinion, you're seeing it with WandaVision. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and we're going to talk about Wandavision later. Believe it or not, we we discussed we're gonna we're gonna be covering Wandavision as one of our shows. I, I think it's gonna be interesting when we get there. We've been watching it, Austin and I, and we're still scratching our heads a little bit there's, watching it. I think a lot of people there's, are. There's a lot of Easter eggs that you got to keep your eyes out for. Yeah, I've um, seen but the I think videos. it's a little over the top. I almost think somebody like was punking me a little bit in the Marvel universe. Or at least I feel like that. I don't know if my you feel that way, Gary, but. <laughs> To, to, to me, it's a it's a bad sitcom. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we get there. But, I'm just yeah. hoping it might slow down a bit. Maybe we could get more scenes where I could. I'm just hoping stuff. we get some sort of explanation as to what the actual f is going on in the show. You know. <laughs> okay, well, but back, back to the Star Wars here. Yes, standard. The, the the problem with redoing the, the movies though is what do you do with the actors that were in it? Well, that's what I mean. Like, how do you just I, remove John Boyega out, right? Like, Ray, how do you just take her out? Right. How do you take uh, Adam Driver out of it? Right. Where's Kylo? Like, how does Kylo come out of that? 
I, I don't know. There's you, there's a lot I have questions for. Who, there. You, you treat who, it, who do you keep? Who do you get rid of? Right. You treat it like the J.J. Abrams uh, and, Star Trek. And as if all that's not hard enough, you just wrapped the whole thing up by using Palpatine as the overall, the overarching bad guy, right? Well, now you write that out? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just took it all and wrapped it up with a big old bow, and now you want to undo the bow and and repackage the whole thing? I just, yeah. I, I, that's what I see it re-gift? as. Regift? <laughs> yeah, it's like a bad re bad Christmas regift of yeah. Palpatine and, and Squad. Yeah, it's a fruitcake. Yes, that's what it is. It is a fruitcake. You're absolutely correct. Okay, let's move on to our next topic, and this might be probably one of the most interesting ones we're going to talk about all night. Or maybe, all three or maybe of us, that. maybe not, we might all even agree, <laughs> which I think we do. All three of us have watched the movie Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. So, let's start off with your guys' initial thoughts. What did you initially think of Wonder Woman after you had watched it? Um, and just kind of give me some just overarching, like, what were your thoughts? Gary, what do you, I'll start with you. You start with me? Yeah. What did I just watch? That was your initial reaction yes. to what I just watched? Okay. Because I did not understand any of the bad guys, except for Cheetah. I understood her, which, which is a new take on the Cheetah character. I was okay with that part. Yeah. The Maxwell Lord stuff, I, I didn't get it. Yeah, I my big problem with Wonder Woman 1984, <laughs> my walk away, my takeaway from the movie, when we were all said and done, and I even said it to my wife, is, huh, all guys are bad. And <laughs> she just looked at me, she goes, wait, what? And I go, well, that's the takeaway here. All men have dirty thoughts and are bad human beings, unless you're Steve, who's in love with Diana. Then you're good. Yep. But every other guy in the world's bad. And she kind of went, huh, I guess I haven't thought of it that way. You must have said that when I went to go walk the dog or I something. Did. Yes, I did. Yes, you had just left. Yeah. This was while, I, while you, yeah, we were waiting for you. Remember, we paused in the middle. And that's when I said that, because you had left the room. So that, yeah, we had a slight discussion about that. Okay. So, Austin, what were your initial thoughts when you saw it? Too much humor. Way too much humor. From who? From Steve. <laughs> From Steve, okay. I didn't... Steve was already kind of uh, too humorous in the first movie, though it played well. This movie, it felt too forced. Do you think they tried to play Steve off as being stupid? Yes. I kind of felt like they were trying to do the Captain Rogers in modern day world, but it just didn't gel. I actually think they tried to play it as, like, a dumb Captain Rogers. Like, a Captain Rogers that didn't have a super soldier serum and is too stupid to figure the world out, which pretty much is how it played out. Uh, okay, so that that brings me to Cheetah. What did you guys think of Cheetah? Did you like that character? Did you like the actress playing Cheetah? Did you like the special effects at the end with Cheetah and bringing Cheetah the way that, that she looked? What, what do you guys think about that? Austin. Austin's shaking his head, so let's hear it. I don't like the look. It looked... For, at first, she was, like, too much being able to walk on water powerful. Okay. And I know that's like, well, she wished to be... She wished to have Diana's power and strength and stuff. But, no. Well, I, I, do, never, I, I do think Wonder Woman holds back a lot. I imagine Wonder Woman holds back So a that lot. you can't, you know, overly see her power. Oh, I undoubtedly think that. But I don't think Cheetah is capable in that respect to be able to be as powerful as Wonder Woman unleashed. I get it. I get it. My other issue was 
She didn't stay Cheetah. When the movie ended, she's back to normal. Yeah. She's back to her completely nerdy, well, dull personality. Everything's got to end on that nice, happy storyline note, you know, right? But, but not that, but she wished to be that. And when the wishes all got wiped out... Then, then she's no longer back. that. Right. right. I understand. So, so that answers your question there. But the whole point is, is that Wonder Woman's supposed to fight Cheetah multiple times, and it's something of a, a vengeance thing. Well, it doesn't mean she's not, like pining to go back to being Cheetah again at some point and she finds some other way to get there. I mean, I'm just saying that, that could be. I know. But this is DC. You're expecting interconnectedness and that's never going to happen in the DC universe. We've all decided that. It happened that. in the animated universe a ton. Yeah, it's animated universe. That's animated DC. This is the movies. It's like like trying to compare it with the Arrowverse and that you can't do that either. You know, Although um, the Arrowverse is not standing very well. It's starting to fall apart, I'll agree with you. Bane and uh, Batman. Oh, right. You never saw him again. Uh, Scarecrow, I never saw him again. Yep. You know, so... The Bane that, they had for Dark Knight sounded like he was in a closet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but the point is, is, uh... Cheetah will never come back in another Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie. She well, won't. probably not a Gal Gadot one, at least. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Unless they reboot Wonder Woman, which I'm not above them doing at this point which is funny um, I would hope they not. not now to answer your question for me yes I did like Cheetah that was the only part of the, the, the I guess the saving grace of the movie was, was thank her. you I was just about to say I thought Kristen Wiig stole the show I, I don't really care for her as an actress but I, I don't she, either but she I thought she did off. a great job yes. as Cheetah she and did. as the woman who becomes Cheetah I actually thought she stole the show she actually made Gal Gadot look bad Exactly. That she did it such a good job and being I get, a I, dynamic bad person that Gal Gadot actually came off as weak. I could see because that. of Kristen Wiig, and I was actually like, "Wow, okay." Uh, I got to be honest. I watched Kristen Wiig when she was on like what was it, Mad TV? I think it was she was on. Did she do Saturday Night Live? She I, might I, have. I think she did. So she was, you know, she's been all over the map. But I got to be honest, she she came out of her shell a little bit for this one. I mean, out of her normal shell, uh, and I was kind of like pleasantly surprised now let's talk about gal gadot and wonder woman a minute what were your thoughts about like her as wonder woman her role in this movie did it like did it work for you what about it didn't work for you what'd you guys think of wonder woman this time around she finally started throwing the tr around which was nice okay so I know you, that, you that, liked her throwing the tr i, I like that being something we brought back I liked the the invisible jet thing. I thought that was. I thought that was cool. And the comedy behind it was totally worth it. I, I liked the fact that when it did happen, both Tara and I were like, "Yes, yes, yeah," <laughs> just like yeah. My whole house cheered as as the invisible Mom jet was just took off. like so confused though. She's like, "Why are we so excited?" I'm like, "It's the invisible jet." It's like, the yeah. whole thing of like, Gary. What were your thoughts about Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman herself? I guess she wasn't in it. Wonder Woman wasn't in it. <laughs> It was more Diana, uh, Diana Prince, more than it was Wonder Woman. I'll agree with that. And, and here's my other thing, too. The first scene, the whole first scene, the one that took place at the mall, was it necessary? Nope. Well, kind of, because the object that was found was there. That's the only reason why it was necessary. But couldn't that object have... I mean, couldn't you have just shown them stealing it out of the mall and running away? Like, you didn't have to have the... <clears throat> The grandiose Wonder... Because think about it. All of the slow-motion, grandiose Wonder Woman things that happened, most of them, not all of them, because a couple of them happened on that highway scene, most of them happened 
in that mall scene. So the whole, like, they were in, even in commercials. The whole scene where she slides across the floor and uses the whip to take the, the gun out of the guy's hand and pulls the other gun and then release, ejects the bullets and throws it down. I mean, like, that was all in that mall scene. Like, when you think about that mall scene, I've been thinking about this a lot. That mall scene was so pointless. It was 30 minutes of the movie. I was paying attention to it. It was an unnecessary 30 minutes in the movie. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you for the fact that uh, it showed what you were saying earlier, that men are all um, idiots and uh, because not and everything. Yeah, because not one of the guys who was robbing was female. Right. So that was just another way to drive that point home. I guess that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. But I would also say it's kind of like the whole Indiana Jones uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Okay. Right at a Big Bang Theory. This 30 minutes could have gone by, and you would have been able to pick up the movie without it. That's my point. Like, it's not that's needed. The, that's what I'm trying it's to It's unnecessary. Get. So you're actually back on my side. That's, uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. I am on your side. I've never been on your side. So, so let me ask you about this one. What about the throwback scene? To her when she was a kid? Yes. Unnecessary. Yeah, I kind of had to fell with that. See, a lot of a lot of people online, and it was funny because I, I was trolling a little bit. I just wanted to see what people were thinking about the movie, and I thought, maybe I'm crazy. You're like, I'm the one that's... And a lot of people were saying, like, the first comments out of everybody's mouth was, what was with the throwback scene? It wasn't even necessary. It had nothing to do with the movie. The, and I was kind of like, yeah, mostly it did not have anything to the, do with the, the rest of the movie. The only thing that was there for was that line that was said right before right. we cut to the next scene. Right. Which, which I don't even remember, which proves yet, how... <laughs> yet again, 20 minutes of a part of a movie. So you've got 50 minutes, I mean, to me, 50 minutes of a movie. There was a total and complete utter waste of time that had nothing to do with the overarching plot. It, it, it goes back to DC where they have to keep showing the origin story. Right. Like, if I see a set of pearls one more time, somebody's going to get punched in the head. I swear. We were watching the Batman episode. The right. Batwoman episode. Batwoman just showed pearls in their episode on the Arrowverse. And you turned I thought my wife was going to lose her crap. I really did. I loved it. Because my, my wife has this thing about, I swear if I see pearls in a Batman movie, I'm out. She's like, I'm out. And I agree with her. We don't need to see Batman's or We get it. Bruce Wayne and his wife were in an alley. They got shot. Uh, it's pearls Wayne. fell on the ground. Whatever, Thomas <laughs> Wayne. You know what I mean. The pearls fall on the ground. He's traumatized as a kid. He, and that's it. That's what makes him Batman. We get it. <laughs> Move on. It's like Superman. You don't need to tell me. He was sent here from Krypton. We know. Yes, we know. You don't need to show another baby getting put into a crib that flies through the space. Yes, we know. <laughs> Gary, right? Am I right? Like, DC, oh, I'm, I'm over here shaking my head. DC yep. is like, I don't get it. At least Marvel, when they make an origin story, that's it. There's your origin story. We're done. Right? We're moving like, DC on. DC is like, origin story. Wait, we're not sure if you know who Batman is. Here's his origin story. Hey, here's Batman. We rebooted him, but here's his origin story. Oh, here's Superman. There's his origin story. Wait, hold on. Different actor. Here's his origin story. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. <laughs> oh, hey, what are we watching? Justice League. Oh, got to have an origin, origin story. story. Yeah. Good. Of each Nine. one. I mean, the Snyder <laughs> Cut's coming out soon. Maybe that might fix it. I doubt it. Guess what's got in it? The, origin the story. Flash and the Cyborg's <laughs> origin story. Well, Cyborg would make a little sense. Cyborg probably, would make sense, but Flash... Not everyone knows Cyborg. Flash I have mixed feelings about because I'm curious what they're going to do with that, that origin story. Supposedly in there, they're going to hint at Batman's origin story, and that's where I was like, oh boy. 
Why? Please tell me there's no pearls involved, because if there is, I will lose my crap. Hey, hey, may- maybe the pearls get bro- broke off her neck, and he catches them all and takes them. Oh, yeah. That'd be a nice change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. He, li- he lines his pillow in his bed with them. Oh, pearls, how I love you. But, um, come on, come on, DC, let me make the movie. Yeah. Because I think you and I could write something better. And no, I'm kind of, you know. No, uh, just, just, just me do it. You know, it'd be over in about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, because you would actually get to the point of the movie. <laughs> I, and and I agree with you, Gary, about who was the bad guy you mentioned? Uh, Maxwell, Maxwell Ward. Right? Yeah. Who was played uh, by. The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, the Mandalorian. The actor's yeah, name, though. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> it was so weird to see him, like, oh, hi. Without a helmet on. <laughs> no armor, no helmet. Okay, well. But I, I got it. Okay. Storm. So, I am so confused. I don't think it was his fault. And I, I don't blame Pedro, Pedro. So, Pedro, I'm Pedro. not blaming you. Patrick? I think it was poor writing. I, I, oh, that's all absolutely. I can say. I, 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 I agree with you. I have no idea what the point of Maxwell Lord was this entire movie. I don't get it. And, and I even looked them up in Wik- on Wikipedia and uh, oh, you did too. And, and everything I did too. To just to figure out what are you right, doing. Right, like what did I miss? Right, like isn't what's he, going on here? Isn't he supposed to be essentially DC's Purple Man? Really? No, no. Actually, he's not. He's just, and he was, from my understanding, only created. I mean, he was in a couple of comics, but basically created for this movie. And I don't even understand why. I'm not even sure what the point was. And that's the other thing too. Wonder Woman's been around for years. She's got a ton of villains. Why are we wasting our time on Maxwell Lord? I don't... Why? Well, uh, again, they did the Spider-Man 3 problem. Right. Too many people... Too many bad guys. Right. Right. And there was a third one in in the two. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name either. The the guy that Maxwell Lord answered to or was talking about. Simon Stagg. Simon Stagg. Yep. Yeah, you're right. He did answer to Simon Stagg. And I didn't understand Simon Stagg's role... Either, to be honest with you, I, I I'm I don't know. I, I was now, so confused. Now, I don't know DC as well as I know Marvel and all that, so Austin, you're going to have to answer this question for me. But, mm, I'm probably not going to be the best answer. I though. might be the better answerer here, but okay, I go ahead. Like go. I believe Cheetah used to be an Amazon that was competing against Diana for the Wonder Woman title. Didn't she lose? And then also she went so crazy after being locked up that she cursed herself with the devil's thing, and that's why she's cheetah. Uh, something along that line. She right. did somehow. She got cur- herself. Wonder Woman fans are gonna be crazy into being mad a cheat. I know they're probably right. like ah, like. But I'm pretty sure. Yes, I think you're right, Gary. I think she was from Themyscira, and she competed with Diana. And when they were younger, she drove herself crazy. I think you're right, Austin, in that she had some sort of. Like thing she, she she got trapped by her mother. In well, I think the gods gave her a gift of something, and then she she used that to become Cheetah. And I don't remember exactly how that happened, but so, yes. In my opinion, the backstory at the very beginning of the movie could have done all that stuff you and just had Cheetah against Wonder Woman. See that that would I would have been better with that. Yeah, I was expecting had, that actually. Me too. To be honest, you could have had two young girls, and Wonder Woman didn't cheat, and she actually wins. And no, we have the, no, no, have Wonder Woman cheat like she did, like take the secret path, but right. not get caught because she got. And then, the and then path. Cheetah could be mad because she didn't win and blah blah she blah. She didn't win fair and square, right. and that becomes part of the rivalry. Rivalry, sorry. But the way they did that movie just didn't make. And here's the thing where I'm like, okay, so Marvel's been afraid to release Black Widow on Disney Plus because they're they don't want to take a bath. 
on the movie. And everybody's like, but Wonder Woman was released on HBO Max. They... And I kind of laugh now because I'm like, did you watch Wonder Woman? For a lot of these people are like, oh, no. But some of the people have said, yeah, I have. And I loved it. And I'm like, okay. But I'll tell you what a lot of people have said, yeah, why? What's your point? And I'm like, well, do you really think Wonder Woman would have made a lot of movie money in the movie theater? I'm like, I think the first week or two, they would have been great. Once a bunch of people came out of that theater and talked about that movie, I have a pretty strong inkling it would not have done as well. No, and I don't think it would have done. I don't think it did as well on on HBO Max as a whole as it is. Well, they for a streaming service, it got amazing numbers, but it probably didn't make nearly as much money as they wanted. Did not make anywhere near the amount of money, even in the theaters, because it wasn't some theaters, it wasn't select theaters. It only made not even a million dollars. I think it was like five hundred thousand or something crazy, crazy low. And their budget uh, was up in the billions and trillions, right? Not billions and trillions. No movie gets that much money. Well, but it, it definitely was in the, my understanding, was in the three-figure million range, which is pretty common for a high-budget superhero movie. There is no way they got money back on this. The Warner Brothers took a bath in 1984. And what's really weird to me, the part I don't understand is, not that week, I don't know if you paid attention to the news, that weekend, Gary, the movie comes out, it wasn't even out for a full 24 hours, and Warner Brothers like, there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. Yep. And I was kind of like, really? Because this movie really hasn't even gotten its full, like, uh, response yet. And you're already like, we're we're putting, we're all in for the next one. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if you well, should be doing that yet. Well, I'm going to get probably hate mail or something on this one. Because it seemed like everybody on Facebook that liked it yeah, was a Democrat. Yeah, I hate to say it. There is a political leaning to this movie, unfortunately. It's also, and I think it played to that group of people. And if you weren't <clears throat> leaning that way politically, gosh, I really hate like talking about this stuff, but we have no other way to, t- to discuss it. But unless you leaned that way politically, that movie, this movie, did not cater to you. I'm sorry, it's just the truth. And unfortunately, I think our politics are starting to come out in our movies. Which is just sad. It is sad. I agree with you. It is a very sad state of affairs. If you don't agree with us, feel attacked and triggered because we don't care. Our Gmail is galaxycast at (laughs) gmail.com. Okay, so those are our thoughts. Go ahead, Gary. And it's (laughs) B-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. That's for Gary Boughton, if you're curious. Direct your hate mail there. (laughs) Yes, please direct your hate mail towards him. Because if you send me hate mail that's not spelled correctly, I ain't answering it. Oh, Okay, so those were our thoughts on The Mandalorian concluding the Project Harvester storyline from The Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, Those were our thoughts about the possibility of uh, erasing the Star Wars sequel trilogy and our thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984. We're going to be back after our break in just a moment to talk about the next episode of The Mandalorian. Nobody tosses a dwarf! It's not a beard, but it is a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Escape pod landing. Where am I? It's the new Star Wars Land of the Jawas that you put together. Action figures sold separately. You can move the action lever and make the Jawa capture R2-D2. R2, are you all right? What are they doing to you? You can raise the elevator and make R2-D2 disappear into the sand crawler. Hang on, R2. I'm right behind you. Me too. Kenner's new Star Wars Land of the Jawas. Action figures each sold separately. She was never sure if she was born on Pycon or Caprica, but she always favored the latter over the former. 
The truth is that her mother was a colonial marine, and she bounced from planet to planet as a child. So although she was born on Pycon, she associated the most with Caprica. She had decided as a kid she didn't want to join the colonial marines like mom, and had aspirations of becoming a professional pyramid ball player. But eventually, like any professional athlete, her knees gave out, so she opted to join the Colonial Marines and became the first family member to have the honor of becoming a commissioned officer. She never did meet her father, who was a pianist, but then again her mother forced her father to choose between being a pianist or moving from planet to planet as a Colonial Marine, so he left. She eventually met Zack, a pilot she would eventually become romantically involved with. Because of her involvement with Zack, she passed him out of flight school, even though he didn't really pass. But Zack died on his very first Viper mission, and she was forced to meet with Zack's father, William Adama. After realizing that Zack had been engaged to her, William decided to make her a lieutenant under his command, while Zack's brother, Lee Adama, blamed her dad for Zack's death and cut ties with her and William. She quickly earned a reputation as being one of the best pilots and also a really good card player. William felt sorry for her and took her under his wing and treated her as a pseudo-daughter, and she very much saw William Adama as a father. She was second in command for Galactica's fighter wing when the attack on the colonies began. When the colonies were forced to take refuge in the Galactica, she was put in charge of training the new recruits, but she was still plagued by the actions that led to Zakadama's death. But as she gains confidence in her ability to train, she eventually insists that her recruits refer to her as God. Not too long after a spat with the recruits, she covers the escape of her recruits when they are ambushed by Cylons. Her ship is crashed in a moon and is soon declared missing in action. Being a resourceful person, she soon is able to discover a crashed Cylon starship and flies it back to the fleet and Galactica, despite having a broken knee and no oxygen left. There is so much more to her story, but this started the story of the Battlestar Galactica and the role that Kara Thrace had with Admiral Adama. Then again, you may not know her as Kara Thrace, but rather as her nickname, Starbuck. Eventually, when Galactica finds its new Earth, Kara walks away from the humans and literally vanishes into thin air. Many question... Did Kara Thrace ever exist? We'll never know. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Blasters become the recognized norm in your galaxy? Have you longed to go back to the good old days when swords and spears were just more fun to use? 
Are you tired of being asked why you brought a sword to a blaster fight? <laughs> then a Beskar Spear from the Beskar Spear Foundry may be just what you are looking for. Our Beskar Spears are made from the best Beskar bars that the galaxy has. If you can find it, that is. Why would you bother to make that Beskar into armor? All armor does is deflect blaster bolts and it can't protect you everywhere. Even Beskar armor has its vulnerable and weak points. <gasps> but imagine how powerful you would feel if you made that Beskar into a spear. Think of all the people who are powerful and use spears, like Aquaman, the warriors of Greece or Rome, the riders of Rohan, the mountain or the wolf from Game of Thrones. Wait, didn't Pedro Pascal die via a spear in Game of Thrones? <coughs> Why, yes he did. But he didn't get stabbed by a Beskar spear. Beskar Spear Foundry Spears, when you care to stab with the very best. Oopsie! In Beskar. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast. Now repeat back what I just said. Group. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone! Try again. I'm Groot. Mm hmm. I'm Groot. Uh huh. I'm Groot. No! Hey, folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. As we talk about Season 2, Episode 5 of The Mandalorian, titled Chapter 13, The Jedi. Okay, on the forest planet of Corvus, Ahsoka Tano confronts Imperial Magistrate Morgan Elsbeth. Now, did they confirm she was an Imperial Magistrate? Like, I didn't... No. Did you guys feel like they, they like... I don't know, Gary, did you feel like they, they really kind of solidified her as an Imperial Magistrate? I saw her as a magistrate. I just don't know where. What part says imperial? Yeah, I don't think they came out and said that part. The actual will say it, but she is in charge of a like a small uh, army. Yeah, like a were. small a small garrison that has right. no, no stormtroopers. Right, that's the part I was kind of like, wait, it's imperial. There's no but, imperial troopers. There. But according to Ahsoka, in it, she was looking for Thrawn, so she might be part of Thrawn's imperial mechanism. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I just felt that was weird when I when I had realized that the first time. So it's the ruler of the city of Caladan and her lieutenant Lang. <clears throat> Ahsoka gives Elsbeth one day to surrender and divulge her master's location, which we get to who the master is later. Now, what threw me off about this? Do you guys think that's a that's a, a Ahsoka thing to do to to give them one day to surrender and divulge the location of their master? I mean, to me, that didn't feel Ahsoka-ish. It didn't even feel Jedi-ish. Am I wrong to think that? What do you think? Uh, you asking me or Any, either one of you? What do you guys think? I, 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 well, we don't know what happened to her after Rebels was over with. You're right. We don't. All right. She was. She went with uh, Sabine to look for Ezra and uh, Thrawn. Right. So, what happened to Sabine? Right, we don't know. Right. How did she end up on Corvus to begin with? We right. don't know. And why is she after Thrawn, which, by the way, that's the master word that she's threatening about. We're, we're not even quite sure there. Other than, are we still, is this still because of Rebels? Are we still fighting, you know, chasing down Thrawn from the end of Rebels? That's a possibility, I guess. Maybe if they find Thrawn, they find Ezra? Maybe no, she's trying to search no, a lead? No, no, no. no. If she finds Thrawn, then she finds Gas. And then she finds the whales? Is that what yes. you're saying? Oh, okay. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Because that's all they did in the uh, Rebels was look for gas. This is true. They were only ever looking for fuel. So, 
Okay, so we move on. The Mandalorian and the child arrive at Kaladin in search of Ahsoka, as directed by Bo-Katan Christ, and that was from the last episode. Kreese, I think, is the name, actually. Well, yeah. well hold up a minute. Okay. You asked us a question about Ahsoka. What's your answer on it? Oh. <laughs> and I didn't get to answer. Well, the reason I didn't answer was because, well, first off, I think it's unlike Ahsoka to be that bold, I guess, number one. And I I, I don't know. I, I don't see Ahsoka as having this, like, bloodlust, like, I must have drawn. <laughs> you know, I just don't get that feeling out of her. This, And so I kind of felt like that just seemed a little extreme for an Ahsoka Tano reaction to, you know, like, give up now and I won't kill your whole base. Really? Because that's not, first off, it's not the Jedi way, and I get it. She's not a Jedi anymore. But you know what? One thing I always liked about Ahsoka was, even though she wasn't a Jedi, she still had a kind heart, and I still think she was on the right path, mm. even though she didn't want to be a Jedi, and I just can't believe that's the Ahsoka we're talking about. Yeah. Well, you gotta remember that she finds out that her master is Vader. True. Uh, or, or should I say her former master became Vader. All the evils that he did throughout his campaign as Vader... Yep. Like I said, we don't know what happened after they left Rebels to go look for Ezra and Thrawn. Right. So. It, yeah, it, we don't it, know how much it, she scorned. I get it. I yeah, totally get that. It, it, it could have changed her. It, it's a possibility. I get what you're saying here. I just, it struck me as odd because that's not the Ahsoka Tano I know. Do you get what, like, that's, that's what I was like, like, that's what was throwing me off about it a little bit. All right. So this is the the Ahsoka Tano that you don't know. This feels yes. it feels like more to me, like Bo-Katan and her search for the dark and where is it? If you know where it is, you guess you know who has it. Like yeah, that but, entire. But the Mandalorians have always been that way about and the dark saber. And that's what I'm saying is it. Feels but this was more, an odd reaction from Ahsoka to be that. It, way. it feels more like Bo-Katan than it feels like Ahsoka. Right, right. That's what I'm trying to say. And not only that, but uh, here's the Mandalorian with this little Jedi kid. Yep. He's trying to push him off onto her, so... Yeah, maybe that could also not be helping the scenario. Of course, we haven't gotten to that part yet, but yes, I, I get what you're saying there, Gary, too. Okay, so they are taken directly to Elsbeth, who offers the Mandalorian a Beskar spear in exchange for killing Ahsoka. All right, now, i got to be honest here. I have read a lot of Mandalorian lore. I have read a lot of things about Mandalorian history and a lot of things about Mandalorians. I have never once read about, heard about there ever being a spear made out of Beskar. Gary, have you ever read of a spear being, you know, or heard of a spear being made of Beskar? I mean, is that something that you've ever heard of? No. And I know you haven't, because we talked about it. I don't get it. This spear thing came out of the middle of nowhere. I think it was the only, I think it's an omen for something else, so that one when something else goes down, then they have the reason to sit here and say, well, we have that to build for him to fight and with. Actually, I think um, there might have been something in a, um, either a book or a comic book. Okay. About a Beskar spear? Yes. Oh. <coughs> or a Beskar weapon, I should say. I was going to say, I've heard of, like, Beskar swords. I, I do know about those. Just not a spear. Like I said, it just threw me off a little bit. And part of me is like... Now, I think in one of Timothy Sands' original books... Okay. There was a weapon. It wasn't Beskar, though. It was, it was like Catorsis or something. Yes, cause, yeah, Catorsis, something like that, yeah. That scrambled the lightsaber blade. 
Correct. Yes. It, yeah. It, it scrambled the electronics coming out of the dilithium crystal or whatever. Not dilithium. <laughs> I'm mixing Star Trek and Star Wars now. <laughs> the Kyber uh, crystal. The Kyber crystal. Don't thank you. Don't cross the streams, man. Uh, yeah, I'm crossing the streams. Uh, but yeah, so you're right. That that did supposedly mess with the Kyber crystal and keep it from emitting. So maybe. They, I get it. They're using it just, that. It threw me off. I'll tell you why it threw me off, or why maybe I'm kind of like. I kind of feel like, and maybe this is how you feel about Doctor Who, Gary. It's it's the Doctor's wand. It's the sonic screwdriver. Beskar is. Yeah, it's the sonic screwdriver, right? Like, here we are. Anytime we want something from the Mandalorian, I got a Beskar something over here. No, I got a Beskar something over here. You know, it's like every time you want him to do something, there's Beskar involved. Like, why? How did Beskar, which is supposedly this Rare. rarest of rare metals, is suddenly everywhere this guy goes? Because, I just don't get it. Because the Imperial Great Purge, they ransacked the entirety of it all for Mandalore and then Apparently, just, just it so Pedro Pascal's character could go and get it, it out. Just it everywhere and yep. said, do with what you wish. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> take it off our hands. We don't know what we, to we do have, with this. We have too much. Can we talk about the fighter net? We're going to get there. Hang on. <laughs> We're going to get there. Let's keep going. The Mandalorian finds Ahsoka and she communicates with the child using the Force. I love the fight that happens with the Mando and Ahsoka's first uh, I was just about to say, let's talk about their first interaction. So, definitely a, a classic Mandalorian-Jedi fight. Although, I kind of felt like Mandalorian got bested in that thing. Kind of did. But I also was... Con- I, would his gauntlets, made of Beskar, really hold up against a lightsaber directly on them? Actually, yes, because... That's what Beskar is yes, supposed to do? that's exactly why we okay. have the Beskar gauntlets, is actually they used to use them to block okay. lightsabers. Well, I was thinking of like the situation, and I'm probably going to mix uh, canon with Legends, Dirge with the shields, and then oh, yeah. later on we have the Clone Wars, which have this similar shield. I thought you have to have that shield to block lightsaber blows. No, not at all. Okay. No, as long as it's Beskar, you can block it. Okay. So, yeah. But... Yes. Beskar is not completely lightsaber proof. Okay. Are you going to bring up shatter points again? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> well, I can't talk about it yet. Oh, until um, we get to the to the fight scene. Right. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk. Yes, I get what he's saying. Until we get to the fight scene. All right. All right. So she communicates with the child using the force. Well, okay. So you had that fight scene. That that was interesting in and of itself. The fact that she's like, I hope we're going to talk about that. You know, like we're supposed to. I hope we're going to talk about him. Turns off lightsabers and he just right. sits stump, just like, you done now? <laughs> so she communicates with him using the force. I agree. Austin said it tonight as we were watching it. Dead. They needed to do something to show that these two people were communicating. It's dead um, silent, right? Like even if it's like, oh yeah, I get that. Like even if Ahsoka is like responding, you know. Or Grogu's just sitting there going, you know, like I, I, I still say he should reach in his pocket, and oh, oh. handed her a frog and some blue macaroons, you know, or or, or an egg. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny if he had pulled an egg out and gone, <laughs> put one in his mouth, nom 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 nom, you know, have the Mandalorian going, I thought we got all those, <laughs> you know. Like, he, go, he goes over, he hits the bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just start doing everything. And then well, like I told you guys, I was just waiting for him to look at her and go, Bleh, and like puke out blue macaroon all over his home. He goes, Bleh, and a frog comes out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow, they live whole in there. Okay. You know, like, but they needed to do something. It was literally a staring contest, and it was like 
two minutes of the episode wasted. Yeah. And it's like, okay, on a staring not, contest. Not, not necessarily, because he had that sleepy eyeball look. And the next thing you know, she bent over and looked closer to him. Yes. And his eyes got huge. Yeah, because I pointed out to them that it looked like Grogu was looking at her chest. I just want to point that out. And his eyes, like, widened up. And I'm like, oh, John Favreau, come on. <laughs> and, and, and Get your hit, mind out of the gutter. Dave Filoni, the death well, director this episode. Filoni was, yeah. <laughs> And he also had that little goofy grin on his face, too. So. He did. So it was like, a, you know. Oh, right. Oh, hey, baby. <laughs> nice to I, meet you. I'm still a baby. You oh, know what that means. Goodness. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. So here we go. She learns that his name is Grogu. And he was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. I- I'm sorry. Ever since I've heard this, where the heck did the name Grogu come from? It was always there. <laughs> That's what they said. It was always going to be Grogu. Who said that? Favreau and uh, and Filoni. Yep. I want. It sounds like a, a, a noise you make in the middle of the night. What'd you do? I Grogu'd. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's such a weird name. I, I, I like how fans are like, "This is a really weird name." Yoda wasn't weird. Yaddle wasn't weird. Yeah, <laughs> Fisto was totally normal to me. I mean, like, Plo so Kuhn? was Mace Windu. You know, Plo like, Kuhn? <laughs> y- yeah, real proof. Yeah, our URL proof. That was that was somebody poof. You know, that's wasn't, not a, wasn't that's there... not like something that you put up your dress later on. I'm gonna go get a URL proof and put it on. Hey, URL uh, proof, go get a coffee. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> for a robot chicken. I just right. I just I just can't like when he said his name was Grogu. I, I literally my brain went what? Like that's I was ex- name? I was expecting some sort of like profound like. His name is Yado. And I would have been like, oh, it's Yoda backwards. Okay. No, it's Grogu. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> his name is Confucius. Oh, good night. That's right. <laughs> oh, good. We're going to have a man. His name is Grover. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, it would have been awesome if we had a Grover voice come out of that kid. <laughs> I just, well, that's the thing. We still can. Right? He hasn't talked yet. He has not talked yet. But that's what I wanted to happen during the scene where we had the staring contest. I know. I know. I get it. High pitched Grover voice. No, no, no. The perfect voice. For Grogu. Cookie Master. Please <laughs> <laughs> no. for cookie. Good enough for me. Macaroons, please for cookie. Good enough for me. Give me that little metal thing. Please for cookie. <laughs> frogs. Frogs. All right. Yeah. F is for frogs and C is for cookie. <laughs> And See, this is where my voiceover work really does. And E is for eggs. <laughs> and E is for eggs. Children, we almost have the whole alphabet. Yay! That was like a mixture of Kermit the Frog and Cookie Monster. Hi, <laughs> ho there. Okay. So, they go on to explain that after the Jedi Order fell, Grogu was rescued and has been suppressing his powers to survive. Now, here's what I'm like, wait a minute. All right, I get it. Grogu's suppressing his powers... Because he doesn't want to get found out by Darth Vader in the dark side of the Force. What the heck is up with Ahsoka then? She's not suppressing her powers, right? How has she not been found by Darth Vader? Or anyone, for that matter? Because she's not a Jedi. Because she's a badass. (laughs) If they're all connected through the Force, the Force is the living thing that binds us all together. Okay. How come Yoda couldn't figure out who Palpatine was? Because he is shrouded with the dark side. He used the Force to cover himself. Do you not think the Jedi could try to do the same thing? No. 
I, I don't know. It just sounded good. <laughs> You're about as him right now. I hope you know. <laughs> that was something that Gary would say. But what I'm saying is Obi-Wan Kenobi went and became a hermit. Right? <laughs> Grogu suppresses his powers. You know, puts them way deep down inside of him. But not Ahsoka. She's like, I'm loud and proud. I'm a Jedi. Blah! You know, I'm like, I just don't get it. Just I don't understand. Did, just, did, did, did you just grow up? Puke up a yes. macaroon? <laughs> yes, blue macaroon. I'm not in prom. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're on my wavelength. You get it. Oh, I, I can't handle you two being in a room again. This is um, what this podcast has been missing all oh, these years. <laughs> all these months. That's all right. Oliver keeps kicking me I anyway. Really so. kick you. I'm trying to sit up in my chair. So, so you know, it, uh, that's where I was like, okay, okay. I, 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 I'm not buying some of this. Okay, uh, Luke Skywalker goes to a force planet. <laughs> Ditches his X-Wing in the water. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and hides. So and hides. hides. So With Yoda thing? around. Yeah. But hmm. nobody know. It's yeah, okay. Young Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> young Skywalker it is. Yes. Okay. Oh, my god. So, Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu. I thought that was so nice of her, too. Nope, I'm not doing it. I gets, see. I see what happens when kids get trained at that age. Well, it's my yeah. They turn into her. <laughs> I just want to point that out. You remember Snips, right? Like I was kind of like, mm, look in the mirror much. So well, maybe that's why she didn't want to do it. Well, I, I know. I know everybody jumps to the whole like Vader, right? right? And I was kind of like, maybe it's because she's like, look at me. You know, like look what I turned into. I'm a crazy person. It's the Wookiee defense. Yeah. Look at the Wookiee. Yeah. Look at the Wookiee. <laughs> so, where you take a photo of him? Look at the Wookiee over here. And that, that's where she says she's wary of the path he could take due to his attachment to the Mandalorian and the fear and anger inside him. And I think that's why everybody jumps to this has got to be about Vader. And I'm like, it may be a little bit about the Vader. I also think it's a little bit about her. I think it's both. I also right? think she's like, I'm just kind of going around exacting justice. I don't have time to handle a kid. That might be part of it, you know. Maybe she never wanted to be a mother. Yeah, you know. She, she, so. she, she's a single, free uh, woman. She's a single white female. You know, so 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 she doesn't want to want to have have attachments. She's not but white. She's not white. She's not white. She's <laughs> orange. Yeah, single orange female. <laughs> really have the same residence with with white lacoos. <laughs> yeah, it's her bad. So, oh so yeah, I and I, I get her reasons to not want to train him, but the the idea that he's attached to the Mandalorian. Is a reason not to train him. I have never heard of that used as an excuse in Star Wars, like, ever. What's that, attachments? Well, that they're attached to somebody other than... Other than what? Uh, somebody who's a Force user. Or is that... Are we trying to, to do the Anakin thing again? She has attachment. Because Anakin's attachment to his mother, and yeah. therefore... Is that what we're trying to say? And attachments Probably. to Padme. I just thought that was a really... Like... That wasn't explained well. I just my personal feeling. I also now. don't like how fast she said I. I refused to train him. It was not even like yeah, like she didn't even she think didn't, about she it. She didn't even I'm think out. about it. She just snipped right. <laughs> She's there. like, peace. I'm out. <laughs> like, she just snapped right to it. Like I am not training this kid. So Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu, and um, the Mandalorian asks if she will help get Grogu training in exchange. For him, a sulking, uh, helping Ahsoka confront <laughs> a sulking? all the sulking, sulking. <laughs> That's all the years of Ian going the Ahsoki towel, um, so <laughs> I can't help it. Towel, whatever. Yeah. If you don't train Grogu, I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to sulk until you do. Well, wasn't that kind of the reaction that he gave her? Right, like I was kind of like, um, I don't know if that's a way to win her over. Like I'm, I'm going to you do until you do it. You know, like that's not going to work. This um, is the way. Right. <laughs> this is the way I do it. This is the way. <laughs> 
It was kind of a crap, crappy way for him to try to trick her into training Grogu. I have come all this way from across the galaxy to have this kid trained, and you're telling me you won't do it? Well, I'm fine. We're both sitting on this planet forever. Until you decide to do it. <laughs> Aren't you glad I came back? Yes, I yes. am, actually. Yes. We've been missing this. So Ahsoka and the Mandalorian storm the city. Do they storm the city? It's more like Ahsoka comes up, slices the big old drum in half, and you're like, no, not the drum! No, no that was me. Because that's what I always wanted to be. He just wants to bang on his drums all day. Exactly. I don't want to work. I just want to bang you know, on my Star Wars drum all day. You know, I, I, I never understood it. You know, you got the guy carrying the flag, the, the fife, and the guy in the drum. Yep. Marching the whole army <laughs> out on the field. You know, that's what I want to do. I want to play the drum and get marched. To... You do realize the musicians are usually the first ones killed, right? Right, exactly. Okay. I, I, you know, that's what... <laughs> Gary's like, I'd rather be Bantha fodder. <laughs> yeah. Gary's like, I'd rather get killed first instead of right. last. Just getting it over with. Just, just, and, and, and if they destroy my drum like they did at the bell here... I'd, I'd have to beat her up with my sticks. <laughs> I, I would have just taken the little drum and like put it right over her, like, like you know. <laughs> and then and then beat the drum with a stick. Right. Yeah. yeah. How do you like them apples? <laughs> Get a headache in there. <laughs> do you know this uh, as far as uh, Morse code? <laughs> so they are uh, killing the guards. They start freeing the citizens. I, I I don't know if they're referring to the citizens that are actually free or the ones you know that are chained up in and front being, of everybody. And being, <laughs> right, and being electrocuted in front of everyone. I'm just looking at them and they're saying, "Help me!" I'm just like, "Help me!" All I can think of is the Walking Dead when they'd walk by, right? People that are t- like in between death and life, and they're like, "Help me!" You know, like okay, sure. Part of me want to be like, "Shoot him in the head! Shoot him in the head!" <laughs> <laughs> so, but but. but. <laughs> That was pretty neat, though, the, the way they were... It was kind of cool how they were like, torturing and strung them up. Yeah, and it kind of looked like, if you've ever seen those old pictures for, like, pirates, and they're hanging. A little bit like that. I, I think it's reminiscent of a couple things. First off, that, you know, like, old scenes like that. I think it's actually also reminiscent, and, and peop- uh, here come the Christians, of, of Jesus on the cross, right? Like, the huh? idea that they're going to torture somebody yeah. up on a cross, right? Um, so there's Punish all sorts of crimes. old... There are all sorts of old references to punishing people in this regard and doing it publicly so everybody could see. And that's really what created the fear in that village was right. the public execution of essentially people. Essentially like a stocks thing. like Kind of, yeah. Same idea. Well, yeah. What, okay. what came to mind for me is the impaling from uh, Vlad the Impaler did. Oh, yeah. Same idea. Yep. Okay. He looks confused. Gary, why don't you explain that one? Okay. He would take a nine-foot-tall spear, basically pole, sharpen one end, put the other end in the ground, and put the other end up the guy's butt. Oh. And then uh, every day come out and put a, a one pound weight on their feet. Oh. So they'd slowly slide down the oh. pole. Until it got to the brain. Sometimes it, sometimes it would go to the brain, sometimes it wouldn't. Right, because you'd die before it got to the brain. No, right. no, it'd, it'd rip out through the shoulder. Or oh, yeah, that chest. too. That's been, no, yeah, that would be, right. yeah. Oh, I just, that. Now that we've just grossed out everybody on our audience. <laughs> okay. I have shivers, guys. It's okay. You're welcome. You're That's what we're here for. So the Mandalorian kills Lang. I, th- I thought that was just like, oh, there it is. He just kills Lang. That's it. Well, First off, that was kind of a nice scene. It was a nice scene, but it was a waste of a character. I agree. Lang looked so cool. Like, he had a lot of potential. He had as much potential as the sheriff at the beginning. Yep. But I kind of feel like we didn't flush that out at all. Well, the sheriff, I think, is he's going to show back up. 
Think, right, and I think yeah, they'll fluff the one on Tatooine. I've heard rumors he's going to be in the Boba Fett show. The Oliphant character? Yes, okay. Timothy Oliphant's I'm character. I'm just trying to make sure I'm grasping yeah. what you mean by Sheriff. Yes, and um, a rumor is he's going to show up in the Mandal- or in uh, mm. the Boba Fett series. I totally could see that. Lang, though, he gets killed. There's, there's no, you know what I mean? What are you going to do now? Go backwards and try to... I, I hate it when they do that. Anyway, while Ahsoka engages in a duel with Elsbeth. Ahsoka defeats Elsbeth, demands she divulge the location of her master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay, so there's a lot of things here I was kind of like, okay, I, I have issues with a lot of it. First off, I want to talk about Ahsoka just a minute. I don't think Rosario Dawson did a bad job portraying Ahsoka, other than she didn't sound like Ahsoka. I have an issue with that. That's completely separate. I do have a problem, though, with whoever's helping Rosario Dawson choreograph what she's doing. She does not look like Ahsoka. She's got both lightsabers up and is fighting in a double-bladed up technique. I don't know what that's called. Forward grip versus reward grip. Right. If you remember, Ahsoka had one forward grip, one back grip. It's not easy to do. Okay? Don't believe me? Ask my daughter Ruth. She tried learning it for a while, and she got so frustrated. It's not easy to do. Especially that back blade, because it's actually not a defensive blade like everybody says it is. It's more of a strike. It's actually a striking blade. The front blade's your defensive blade. The back <laughs> blade is your striking blade. So believe it or not, the one facing reverse is your striking blade. And we never saw any of that from her in this entire episode. And not only that, but the, the reverse grip one yeah. was shorter than the other one. Correct. Yes, and this, they were both the same. They're size. same size, and and if you're gonna do it correctly, the 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 reverse grip has to be shorter slightly. It doesn't was need to be slightly shorter in Rebels. Yes, it was actually. If you pay okay. attention, I might have missed it. That's why I'm saying because yeah, I thought they were both the same length. No, and she had a tendency in Rebels to dual wheel them forward for a bit. And then she did, and then she flipped one. Yep. Yeah, and it kind of. But there's there was still that style. She was still using that style. None of that style was used. You could tell. I'm sorry. Filoni um, and gang, uh, do your homework, because (laughs) if you're going to continue on with this Ahsoka TV show, which I'm all for, I'm not against it, please make sure you're doing your homework and Ahsoka's lightsaber technique style matches that of the character, especially for those of us that liked the character. Just saying. At least give her lightsaber training. Correct. Like everybody else had. Like I said, get her with Ray Park. I bet he could fix it in like... Uh, two days. <laughs> Seriously, two days worth week. of training with Ray Park, and it'll have it fixed. So she she engages in this duel with Elsbeth. Now, Gary, you dropped a bomb on me that I did not know. You said Elsbeth is supposed to be a what? From, from what I've read, she's supposed to be a night sister. Which I'm, like, baffled by. Same here. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't show any sort of... Night sister ness. I never saw any force from her. I never saw any. Uh, right. Uh, according to Wikipedia, she's just female, human female. Okay, so maybe he just heard it and it's it's not right. true. But there, there could be. I, I would like right. to think she's not, only because there's really not much in this episode. It's, uh, well, because she the way she wielded her Beskar spear. I get it. And, yeah. Uh, they were saying that she was a night sister. It makes no sense to me at all. I agree with you. I would think she's more trained. I think she's got the Terrakasi Kaz, or whatever. Yeah, the Terrakasi training. Yeah. yeah, I could see where that might be the case. You know, like uh, <coughs> like Kira had. And, I was uh, surprised she lasted as long so. 
with Ahsoka as she did. She lasted a lot longer than I thought I would she think, would. I would wonder if, because she served in the Imperial Navy, it said on, the, on Wikipedia, that if maybe during the Imperial training they trained her how to use different weapons. Maybe. Maybe. Or she just learned and taught herself. Who knows? There now, could be a number of reasons. Now yeah, her we, character's kind of a know-nothing at this now point. Now to go back to the Beskar. Yeah, so Ahsoka gives the Beskar spear to the Mandalorian and directs him to the ruins hold, of a Jedi hold, temple on Tython. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Okay. He was talking about the Beskar issue with the gauntlets that we were talking about earlier. Oh, okay. We're going back there. Because okay. I, I, I wanted to go there, and you guys didn't want me to do, say what happened. Okay, but, go yeah. ahead. Beskar is not 100% lightsaber proof. And if you watch the, the fight, the longer Ahsoka had her sabers against that Beskar, the more red it was heating up. It was getting to the point of melting. So the lightsabers can heat it up to an extent to melt it. Right. Correct. If held now, in the same spot for a long period right. of time. Now, if your wrist is in a gauntlet and that's happening, you're going to be dropping that Beskar pretty quick. And that's going to hurt. Yeah. You're definitely going to get at least a But that's why I'm saying, you know, glancing blow is not bad. Now, she puts it up there and holds it there, then he's got a problem. So, essentially, that last clash was near a situation. I'm sure he got some scars from it. Okay. He got warm. He got warm. Yeah, he got got warm, and maybe there's a slight, uh, you know, burn mark where, you know. He'll have two slashes Maybe Maybe where the hinge was, you know, (laughs) or where the the, magnets are holding it together. Yeah. (laughs) That's So, yes, valid point, Gary. I'm, I'm glad you made that. I was asking about it earlier. That makes, yes, my, true. that makes me feel better now. So, to end this off, Ahsoka gives the Beskar spear to the Mandalorian and directs him to the ruins of a Jedi temple on Tython, where Grogu may be able to contact another Jedi through the Force. So, I'm unwilling to train him, but you know what? If you can find another Jedi, good luck with that. So, that was kind of like a biggest brush-off of Ahsoka Tano ever. And I don't know if it was the writing for... Ahsoka, or if it was Rosaria Dawson, I hope I pronounced her name right, acting this role, it felt like she was very, like, empathetic to anything. She didn't care. She was almost cut off from everything. Well, I think she didn't want to get involved. But even when she was discussing with the magistrate, uh, Elizabeth, she was kind of standoffish at most of the time. She wasn't necessarily, like, passionate or, or okay. motivated by anything. She was just kind of like release the prisoners, tell me my, what I want to know and I will get out of your hair. But in reality it was nothing. It was, did did it you was, guys get by the whole like the village was prisoners thing? I mean yeah. other than we saw three people up on being tortured and several of them did, did, did I buy it? Yeah like did it seem I don't know like they were living in fear of Elsbeth. I totally, got, or do you think it was like abject fear? In other words, fear just because they're the people in charge and they just fear the people that are always in charge. Uh, I'm going to say the latter. That they're, you know, they're cheap. And, uh, and they're worried about whoever's right. in charge. Yeah. Well, yeah. At the end, when the one guy who saves everyone else gets basically handed the leadership role, they seem to be partying. So there, there's... I don't know. It's a mixed thing. Yeah, there might be hope down the road, but I, I do wonder if they've been oppressed for so long by different people, maybe even not just the Empire, but others, that maybe they see any leadership as, like, a bad thing. Like, any outside influence of any sort maybe is a bad thing, and maybe this is the first time they have somebody inside who's actually going to be part of that role. 
It'd be, it'd be interesting. I hope maybe they go back and in Ahsoka's show revisit this village. I, I maybe li- maybe even do a precursor to this village. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I like to see him come back to this village and see that that guy is uh, now a dictator. <laughs> He's like the Mao of. Uh, of course of you Tyson. want that. You're a cynic. No. You cheer for death in Clone Wars. All of a sudden, this guy's like, I am the Emperor of Kalodan. I am the people. Right? <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> so, that was pretty good. Thank, thank you. I'm getting good because I'm listening to you more. Uh, maybe a little good. Good, good. <laughs> yes. Good. Give Do in it. to your hate. Do it. Suffer. Strike me down. You shall only make me stronger. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. So those are our th- those. Yeah, that's the plot of The Mandalorian. So I guess we'll rate it now. Again, zeros that don't bother, tens of must-see. Anybody want to go first? Any volunteers? Going once? Going twice? All right, I'll rate it first. So American. I would give <laughs> I would give this one an eight, actually. I don't know. What did you say? Sold American. Oh, sold American. Okay. Uh. So I would rate this one an 8. I really, generally, I liked this episode. There were a couple, like, what moments, like, Grogu's name. I, I still, I'll call him Grogu. I, I don't mind. I mean, that that's fine. I just, it was such a weird name. I don't know. It just threw me off a little bit. I don't understand the whole rocks thing. Like, take a rock out of my hand. Oh, he's bonded to you. Uh, I don't understand how that's such a big deal. Okay. He would, he okay, would. okay. I'll, I'll have to explain it to you. I'm Dagobah. Yoda made Luke, Luke stack rocks. Pick up rocks. Does that mean that Luke's bonded to Yoda now? Like, is he his dog? And and and. Um, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, um, that's not what I. Octu, I think is where yeah. Luke was at. Where he sneezed at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray was lifting up rocks. Okay. So. So every, every, every Jedi that's going to learn what you're how saying to do is stuff. If I put a rock in my hand and my son has the Force and he lifts the rock to himself. He's now my dog. No, no. I think, but that's what they make it seem like in this no, episode, right? No, the no, way the problem no, is, is no, 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 no. The no. problem is Grogu will not return or follow orders to do more training with Ahsoka. No, but no, no. When no, Din no. pops into place, he will do anything to make Din happy because he no. sees Din as a father figure. Okay, see so why I'm giving it an eight, and not a nine or a ten. The <laughs> the significance of the rock is the fact that he has the Force. Okay. Right. But then the significance of why he is attached to Din. No. No? It's not because he don't... Take the rock out of my hand. Well, he didn't do that, but he took the spear. But he wanted him to take the rock. All right? To show Ahsoka that he has the Force. At that point, I don't think she really believed that that he, he did. Except for communicating via steering. I get it. Maybe he had suppressed it so much Ahsoka didn't think he had any control over it anymore. Right. All right. If anything, isn't the Force kind of treated like a muscle? If you don't use it long enough, it kind of doesn't work? Yeah, I guess. If that's how the midi-chlorines work, yes, I just said that. Direct your hate mail to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you don't know our email by this point at the end, uh, you'll know. (laughs) So, yeah, I get it. But that's why I'm only giving it an 8. There's a a couple things where I was kind of like, this doesn't make sense or... That was really poorly written, and I just wished it was written better. Overall, I liked the episode. It's just there's a couple things that just kind of made me go, you know, it's like the things that make you go, hmm. 
uh, things you that know, pull and you out of the Star Wars universe. Like not Eric necessarily or... pulls me out of the Star Wars universe. Just if it pulls me out of the Star Wars universe, it's like five or below. Uh, uh, yes, like the store. You know, if it, I'm still in the universe, but there are some things that are making me. That, that's where like the sevens or eights comes in. All right, who wants to go next? I'll get a seven. Gary, a seven. Okay. Um, I don't want to say I was excited to see Ahsoka, but. It is a change of pace to see her live in live in the flesh type of thing, even as opposed it, to as a cartoon, right? Okay. Um, what I didn't like about it was the fact that they didn't give Rosario Dawson any training with the lightsabers. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the training that they gave her looks like something that we did in the backyard. Right. <laughs> Basic one, two, three, four combat. Like, like we could have choreographed something better for a Buffalo Bison Star Wars oh, night. Oh, we've yeah. probably done that Actually, already. we have choreographed better routines say, for Buffalo Bison Star Wars Have a Tarek jump on my back. Right. Uh, I, well, I, 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 yeah. And, Gary, what about Lang, too? Because I know that was something that really yeah. upset you. He, he seemed like a cool character and everything, and they... Kill them off. And, and to recruit Michael Bean to play yeah. that character. I mean, like, had, huge. That was you huge. Had this epic standoff of, like, you and I are not much more different. And it's like that classic Western standoff. It was. You like need, I told you. I you was, need the tumbleweed to go through. You I need was the, waiting for the. Well, you know. that, 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 that's one thing I think a lot of people are forgetting about the Mandalorian. It's supposed to be a Western. It's a Western in space. Right, it's a Western in space. And that made it feel like a Western right. in space, which was cool. Now, the only but, thing that would make this soul scene better was if he'd come out and say, I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I was waiting for somebody to come out with a street howitzer, you know, and be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the whole thing with, for me, the whole thing with Ahsoka, like hopping on rooftops and such, it felt more samurai-esque with her. Well, I, I, I do like think they lone samurai. I do think they were showing you two different styles, number one. And don't forget... Don't forget, the Mag Seven is based on the Seven Samurai, and all of those influenced Star Wars. Yes. So okay. just kind of keep that in mind. All the, right. The, the Jedi's were not, the Jedi's were samurai. I'm yes, they were based on samurai. It's, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying there was. I'm times, just putting context on it. That's there all. There was times like when he gets the standoff and Ahsoka suddenly on the rooftop behind him, and then yep. she hops into the fight against the yep. one dude. He's just standing there, and she just appears. Yep. That's the samurai feel I'm feeling. Like, you, you don't hear him coming, you don't see him coming, and he's there. That's not a samurai. It's a That's a ninja. But, yeah. Okay, Austin, how would you rate this one? I'm going to agree with Gary. I'm, a, I'm on a seven. Wow, I'm the higher one. Okay. Yeah. Aside from the things that have been said, one is I didn't feel like the either the writing or Rosaria Dawson was really giving Ahsoka true justice. Okay. The headdress in Ahsoka, as you guys have both said. Oh, yeah. It's, it's bad. Also, it's not long enough. She's older. Yeah, the Leku should be longer. She yep. should be almost looking like Shakti. And what I'm talking about about the headdress, we we talked about it while we were watching the show. So he kind of assumes you all hear what we hear, what we don't. Well, I was. Uh, we we discussed to cause that conversation while, while we were watching the show. We discussed one of the things people were upset with online was her Lekus were very obviously rubber and kind of poorly made because you could actually see the creases in the rubber. You could see it was creasing and it just looked bad. Um, I know you can't completely get rid of that, but there is a way to make the Lekus so they're not as obvious as it was in this TV show. And uh, Dave Filoni. Talk to the Rebel Legion. There are people in the group that know how to do this to make it look right. And it's not overly expensive. You're not going to kill your budget for your TV show doing it. Just talk to some people. Okay, go on. And then the other thing is, is go to one of the episodes of the Mortis trilogy, and there's a time when Ahsoka talks to her future self as a ghost. Yeah. The Leku should look like that. I agree. Should be almost down to her belt line. Yep. And 
same down her back and also pointed to her up rear more, end. Yep. Pointed up more like horns. It sounds weird, but that's the one thing that I'm sitting there going, she's still a well, teenager. And like Gary said, if you're looking at it, because she's a Tigrita and so Shakti, so she be, should be somewhere between where Ahsoka was at the end of Rebels and where Shakti was at her full maturity during so, like Clone Wars, right? The such. Clone Wars. So there, there should be like. Her leku should be somewhere in between there, and there should be horns starting to form as an adult. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Aside from that, the lightsaber combat issue, I always can only think of, like, the the small clip out of Force Destinies where it's like, Yoda says to treat the two sabers as if they fight like one. Right. Where they have to both be moving in in constant motion as a big circle or... Right. And we didn't get any of that. You didn't get any of that. It was more like they were both two slash like, and burn. <laughs> they were more like two gaffy sticks. You so, just fight well, with. I think she looked like she had two broadswords, and she didn't know what to do with either that, one of them. That's what I was thinking. of. <laughs> yeah, they looked like two big broadswords. Ar ar ar. She didn't like know what to do with them. It was almost like a bad people VR in video Orlando are like, yes, I get it. <laughs> bad VR game. Yeah, bad VR game. You're right. So, those are our thoughts about everything at the beginning of the episode. And now, the Mandalorian. We would love to hear from you, so you can let us know how you what you thought. Uh, you can email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. We are now online at Facebook and Twitter, and we are working on a MeWe page and a Gab page, so that will be coming out soon. I'll be MeWe releasing and Gab? Yes, never heard of those? No. I'm diversifying. Uh, so you, we'll be able to contact us through what, MeWe and what's, Gab. What's the alternative to YouTube? I'm going to work on it. You're beating me to the punch. Let oh. me get to my point. Sorry. Uh, we are also on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are at Podomatic.com. We are also now on YouTube, and we are coming to Rumble. If you go to www.rumble.com slash GalaxyCast, you can now start finding us there. Our old episodes are being ported over there right now, and very soon we will be diversifying and being on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, for those people who are asking me why I'm doing that, I don't know how long we're going to be on YouTube because they seem to be coming after podcasters in general, and people, some people, don't like Gary and I, and I'm just afraid they'll come after us, so I'm, I'm diversifying and being ready for whatever. So, the storm ahead. Yeah, who knows? So, uh, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us, so now you know them all, and you can complain all you want, because now you know how to get a hold of us. With all that said, like we say, like to stay here in the Star Production Studios. May, May the, the Force be with those who listen. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? And shatter points, apparently. <laughs> okay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time, and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind-the-scenes of our production... Head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com. Or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The GalaxyCast is a production by Star Productions. 
themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of the Galaxy Cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, Galaxy Cast fans, follow the first star to the right, and straight on till morning. Thank you.